0: Hello and welcome to the Zero to Finals podcast, my name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be going through hypertension and you can find written notes on this topic at zerotofinals.com slash hypertension or in the cardiology section of the Zero to Finals medicine book. So let's get straight into it. Hypertension is the term used to describe a high blood pressure. The NICE guidelines on hypertension updated in 2022 suggest a diagnosis of hypertension with a blood pressure above 140 over 90 in the clinical setting confirmed with ambulatory or home readings above 135 over 85. Let's talk about the causes. Essential hypertension accounts for 90% of cases of hypertension. This is also known as primary hypertension, and this means the high blood pressure has developed on its own and does not have a secondary cause. Secondary causes of hypertension can be remembered with the roped mnemonic ROPED: R for renal disease, O for obesity, P for pregnancy-induced hypertension or preeclampsia, E for endocrine and D for drugs, for example, alcohol, steroids, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, oestrogen, and licorice. Renal disease is the most common cause of secondary hypertension. When the blood pressure is very high or it does not respond to treatment, consider potential renal artery stenosis, which is narrowing of the renal artery. This can be diagnosed with a duplex ultrasound or an MR angiogram or CT angiogram. Most endocrine conditions can cause hypertension. Hyperaldosteronism or a raised aldosterone level, also called CONS syndrome, is an important cause and may be present in 5-10% of patients with hypertension. Specialist investigation should be considered in patients with a potential secondary cause for their hypertension or if they're aged under 40. Next, let's talk about the complications. High blood pressure increases the risk of many conditions, including ischemic heart disease, for example, angina and acute coronary syndrome, cerebrovascular accidents, meaning strokes or intracranial hemorrhage meaning bleeds in the brain, vascular disease, for example peripheral arterial disease, aortic dissection and aortic aneurysms, hypertensive retinopathy affecting the eyes, hypertensive nephropathy affecting the kidneys, vascular dementia, left ventricular hypertrophy and heart failure. Patients with hypertension may develop left ventricular hypertrophy. The left ventricle is straining to pump blood against increased resistance in the arterial system so the muscle becomes thicker. On examination there may be a sustained and forceful apex beat on palpation of the chest. Left ventricular hypertrophy can be seen on an ECG using specific voltage criteria and it's best diagnosed with an echocardiogram. Let's talk about the diagnosis of hypertension. The NICE guidelines recommend measuring blood pressure every five years to screen for hypertension. It should be measured more often in borderline cases and every year in patients with type 2 diabetes. Patients with a clinic blood pressure, when measured by a doctor or nurse, of between 140 over 90 and 180 over 120 millimetres of mercury should have 24-hour ambulatory blood pressure or home blood pressure readings to confirm the diagnosis. So they have a high blood pressure in clinic, they need to take home readings or ambulatory readings to confirm. Having blood pressure taken by a doctor or a nurse often results in a higher reading. This is commonly called white coat syndrome. The white coat effect involves more than a 20 over 10 millimeters of mercury difference in blood pressure between the clinic and the ambulatory or home readings. The NICE guidelines recommend measuring the blood pressure in both arms, and if the difference is more than 15 between the arms, using the reading from the arm with the higher pressure. Next let's go through the stages. Stage 1 hypertension is when there's a clinic reading above 140 over 90, confirmed on ambulatory or home readings above 135 over 85. Stage 2 hypertension is when there's a clinic reading above 160 over 100, Confirmed on ambulatory or home readings above 150 over 95. And stage 3 hypertension is when there's a clinic reading above 180 over 120. Next let's talk about end organ damage. Having a persistently high blood pressure will eventually damage some of the end organs. The NICE guidelines recommend all patients with a new diagnosis of hypertension should have a urine-albumin-creatinine ratio to look for proteinuria and a dipstick test for microscopic hematuria or invisible blood in the urine to assess for kidney damage. Bloods for the HbA1c for diabetes, renal function and lipids. Fundus examination of the back of the eye to look for hypertensive retinopathy, and an ECG to look for cardiac abnormalities, including left ventricular hypertrophy. NICE recommends calculating the Q risk score, which estimates the percentage risk that a patient will have a stroke or a myocardial infarction in the next 10 years. When the result is above 10%, they should be offered a statin initially atorvastatin 20mg at night time. Next let's talk about management. Lifestyle advice for patients with hypertension includes a healthy diet, stopping smoking, reducing alcohol, reducing caffeine and reducing salt intake and taking regular exercise. The medications used in management are assigned a letter in the NICE guidelines. A for ACE inhibitors, for example Ramipril, B for beta blocker, for example Bisoprolol, C for calcium channel blocker, for example Amlodipine, D for thiazide like diuretic, for example Indapamide and ARB for angiotensin 2 receptor blocker, for example Candisartan. Angiotensin receptor blockers are recommended by the NICE guidelines instead of ACE inhibitors in patients of Black African or African Caribbean family origin. In the steps below, you can replace A with ARB for these patients. Angiotensin receptor blockers are an alternative if the patient doesn't tolerate ACE inhibitors, commonly due to a dry cough. ACE inhibitors and angiotensin receptor blockers are not used together. Thiazide-like diuretics, for example in dopamide, are used as an alternative if the patient doesn't tolerate calcium channel blockers. And the most common reason they won't tolerate calcium channel blockers is the side effect of ankle edema or swelling in the ankles. The NICE recommendations vary For patients under 55 or over 55, type 2 diabetics and patients of black African or African Caribbean family origin. Step 1 is if they're under 55 or they're a type 2 diabetic of any age or family origin, use A or ACE inhibitors. If they're aged over 55 or they're of black African or African-Caribbean family origin, use C or calcium channel blockers. For step 2, use A plus C or an ACE inhibitor plus a calcium channel blocker. Alternatively, you can use A plus D or C plus D with D being a diuretic. Step 3 is to use A, or an ACE inhibitor, plus C, a calcium channel blocker, plus D, meaning a diuretic. And step 4 is to use A, plus C, plus D, plus a fourth agent. The fourth agent depends on the serum potassium level. If the potassium is less than or equal to 4.5 millimoles per litre, consider a potassium-sparing diuretic such as spironolactone. If the potassium is more than 4.5 millimoles per litre, consider an alpha blocker, for example doxazacin, or a beta blocker, for example atenolol. Remember to check adherence before increasing doses or adding second agents. Specialist management is indicated for uncontrolled blood pressure at step 4. Let's talk in more detail about potassium balance. Spironolactone is a potassium-sparing diuretic. It works by blocking the action of aldosterone in the kidneys, resulting in sodium excretion and potassium reabsorption. This means it increases the serum potassium. This can be helpful when thiazide diuretics are causing hypokalemia or a low potassium level. Using spironolactone increases the risk of hyperkalemia or an abnormally high potassium level. ACE inhibitors also increase the risk of hyperkalemia. Thiazide like diuretics also cause electrolyte disturbances. Therefore it's essential to monitor the use knees regularly whilst taking these medications. Next let's go through the treatment targets. For somebody under 80 years of age, the systolic target is less than 140 and the diastolic target is less than 90. For somebody over 80 years of age, the systolic target is less than 150 and the diastolic target is less than 90. Finally, let's talk about hypertensive emergency. Accelerated hypertension also known as malignant hypertension, refers to an extremely high blood pressure above 180 over 120 with the presence of retinal hemorrhages or papilledema. The NICE guidelines recommend a same-day referral for patients with accelerated hypertension. Therefore, patients with a blood pressure above 180 over 120 require a fundoscopy examination to look at the back of the eye for retinal hemorrhages or papilledema. Additional complications also warrant same-day assessment such as confusion, heart failure, suspected acute coronary syndrome, or acute kidney injury. Patients admitted with a hypertensive emergency are assessed for secondary causes and for end organ damage. The blood pressure is closely monitored whilst medications bring it under control. Intravenous options for a hypertensive emergency which will be guided by an experienced specialist include sodium nitroprusside, labetalol, glycerol trinitrate or nicardipine. How rapidly the blood pressure should be reduced depends on the individual patient elderly frail patients may be at risk of ischemia if the blood pressure is reduced too quickly as the higher pressure may be required to force blood through narrowed vessels. So thanks for listening to this episode on hypertension. As always a big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. If you like the podcast consider becoming a member of the Zero to Finals Patreon account where you get early access to the podcast episodes, as well as early access to the YouTube videos. You'll also get access to the Zero to Finals members area, which includes the digital flashcards, multiple choice questions, short answer questions, and extended matching questions that you can use to test yourself on the knowledge that you gain from the Zero to Finals website, books, or podcasts. And I hope you join us for the next episode where we'll talk about valvular heart disease.